Hello, and welcome to top posts from r slash let's not meet. Reddit readings, episode 6. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. Don't forget to pack the 5-hour energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. I was watching my daughter's kids while she and her husband go out of town. They have a teenage daughter. Let's say her name is Alyssa. At like 3am I'm woken up by a weird rustling sound and look out the window and see movement. I saw a boy emerge from the bushes on the side of the house. I saw a bike tossed on the lawn that definitely wasn't ours. My first thought was it was a burglar casing houses, but since he looked young and came through on a bike, I figured scaring him straight would be enough for him to decide to head home. Didn't want to ruin a teenager's life by calling the cops straight away, so I went out on the porch, flipped the lights on, and said, can I help you, in my classroom voice. The guy looked surprised but not nervous. He was wearing a Letterman style jacket. But once I got a clear view of him in the streetlights, he seemed much older than my granddaughter. Gruff, and more wiry than athletic. He walked up closer to the house and said, Yeah I'm looking for Alyssa. I gave him a disapproving glare, hoping he'd realize he came looking for a girl late at night and a grumpy old person answered, It's time to split. I'm thinking what must have happened is Alyssa knew her parents were going out of town and maybe before she knew I'd be staying over told a secret older boyfriend to come over. It was late and I was alone with several kids so I didn't want him coming any closer to the house. I also thought it was weird he came so late and wanted to be sure Alyssa actually wanted to talk to him. So I said, I'm sorry, who? And he said Alyssa, you know, Alyssa last name. This is her house. I thought, he knew her full name. They must be at least friends. I said, you wait there. He started to walk up and I felt a sick burning in my gut. Instinct kicked in. I yelled, no, stop, freeze, then readjusted and said, you stay right there, this is private property don't take a step closer, wait, there, so I go in and Alyssa's asleep just one room over from where the rustling first occurred and I wake her up and say something to the effect of, I don't know what the big idea was to have friends over this time of night but you tell them to go home, she has no clue what I'm talking about, I say, there's a guy outside asking for you, confused, she gets up and goes to the window. She sees him and goes white as a sheet. He asked for me. Yeah, by name. Yes, call the police. I've never seen him in my life. I called 911 immediately, but as I was on the phone with them, Alyssa started tugging at my arm. He's coming up. I had younger kids in the house to think about so I kept the door latched and pulled it just open enough for the latch and yelled. I asked my husband and none of us know an Alyssa last name. Leave my property or I'm calling 911. He got angry and started yelling for her to come out. Thankfully the police came pretty quickly and when he heard the sirens he grabbed the bike and ran off. I watched where he was running and he jumped into the passenger side of a car without headlights or front plates and sped off. The police followed in the same direction once I pointed them. But they didn't get him. They advised us to take all her social media details offline if she was sure she didn't know this person and said they'd had a couple similar reports recently and were looking into it. 
I got a heavy duty lock and she slept in my room for the remainder of my visit. This happened a few months ago in the beginning of summer. I've held off on sharing it for so long because I didn't want to be judged for my actions. LOL I joined a stupid online dating app. I was divorced last winter. Just kind of living it up, you know? I somehow matched with this man who lived in New York. 8 hour drive from me. After texting for a few weeks he sprung it on me that he was going to drive to see me. Since I'm staying with family since my divorce I decided we'd get a hotel. He told me to find one and he'd pay for it. I already felt super bad he was driving so far so I was trying to find deals in the cheapest place that wasn't sketchy as fuck. I live about 45 minutes outside of the city in the state that I live in and I'm not super familiar with some areas so the hotel I booked ended up being no bueno. But I didn't know this until I got there. It was dark by the time I arrived after getting lost four times. There was a very shady motel across the street with two men smoking cigarettes on the porch. Lots of truckers traveling through. I was just walking into the hotel like, shit, I fucked up. But I just went with it anyway because I didn't really have a choice in New York. What we'll refer to him as, was about an hour away so he'd be there soon. The hotel was run by Jamaicans. I think a family but this comes into play later which is why I mention it. The woman who checked me in was nice but the place threw off weird vibes. The lighting. The smell of bleach. The carpet. I don't know. It was really bright but also really dark. If that makes sense. I started shaking as I was trying to check in. The reservation was under New York's name and at first she told me she couldn't find the reservation. His last name was Spanish so I thought maybe I was pronouncing it wrong even though I'm pretty good with Spanish. This made it awkward because now she knew I was meeting a stranger. I thought maybe he gave you the wrong name. She had said. I nervously chuckled. She put me on the second floor and I was expecting an elevator but as I turned I saw that behind me was a huge carpeted staircase. This threw me off too. I don't know why. I get to my room and just pace around waiting for this stranger from the internet to show up. It starts raining. I'm sitting by the window sipping a glass of wine and see a pickup truck pull up. I think maybe it's him. A man in a black hoodie gets out and locks his truck about 50 beep beeps and runs inside. I start panicking thinking it's him and he has no bags or luggage because he is just going to come kidnap me or something. Then there's a loud knock at my door and I jump so hard and immediately stand up. I make my way over to the door and look through the peephole. It's New York. No black hoodie carrying bags. So I crack the door and smile and he comes in and I share my terrifying thoughts with him and we chuckle. Sex happens. Later that night we fall asleep and he's spooning me but also has his arms all the way around me with his head on top of my head. Super weird I don't know. I was woken from a dead sleep just so sweaty because he was holding me so tightly and I thought that's what had woken me up but then I heard it. Someone was fucking with our door. Then I heard the handle start moving as whoever it was tried to open it but it wouldn't open. Suddenly New York just jumps out of bed so fast I wondered how long he had been awake listening to this to react so quickly. I pull the covers up to my chin as he's just standing in the dark in his undies looking at the door. He looks through the peephole and says he thinks it's one of the Jamaican men who work here. We had a chain on the door as well as all the locks so he kept the chain on as he opened it a few inches. Before he could even ask what the dude wanted, this man just says, is the white girl in there? And I remember getting chills all over my body. New York says no, and slams the door, almost completely unbothered by this. The man says something about needing a credit card from me. 
New York yells back that the room is on his card, under his name and he'll take care of it in the morning. I looked at the clock and it was like fucking 2am. I turn over and just stare at the wall hoping to fall back asleep. New York wraps his arms around me again and is immediately snoring in my ear. Good thing he was hot. The next morning we decide to go get breakfast. It's super early and we're both feeling groggy. I'm hoping as we round the corner to the stairs that no one is at the front desk because they definitely heard the noises from our room this morning and I was feeling really embarrassed. Thankfully the front desk was empty. Then I saw him, an older black male, standing a few feet from the exit. I honestly don't know if he was Jamaican. I don't know if he was part of the family who owned this place or a guest or just someone else. I don't know. But his face was almost sunken in and he had this weird, chilling look in his eyes. He was staring right at me. I knew without seeing him this was the guy from last night. New York whispers for me to just keep walking so I break eye contact with this guy and lean into New York as we make our way to the exit. As we pass, the male is silent. Then as I'm pushing open the door to exit the building he starts saying, There's the white girl. I found the white girl. She makes a lot of noise. And New York snorted. I was terrified. I left for work after breakfast. I was gone a few hours and returned to the hotel to find the room empty. I texted New York and asked where he was and he texted back saying he was in the laundry room and that he'd be right back up. I sat down on the bed waiting for him. I heard some footsteps outside the door. The floor creaking. Like someone was standing at the door. Shifting their weight or something. I figured maybe New York forgot his room key so I got up to look through the damn peephole. But it was not him. The creepy man was standing outside the door just staring into the peephole. I jumped back and started crying and called New York and yelled for him to come to the room quickly because the man was outside the door. He was gone by the time New York ran up. He went down to the front desk and spoke to the woman about this man but she just kept saying she had no idea who he was talking about and that she will keep an eye out for him. That night I couldn't sleep. I just felt like I could feel him lingering around outside the door but I was too scared to go look. New York was sleeping. I rolled over and decided to be the big spoon and wrap my arms around him. He was still basically a stranger but was the most comforting thing I had. We checked out the next morning. I grabbed his hand as we made our way down the stairs because guess who was standing there? Yep. The woman from the front desk was gone. Though. Replaced by a younger male. The creepy man was smiling as we neared the bottom of the stairs. Just this awful, bone-chilling grin. Lucky man with that white girl, was the last comment we heard from this creep. New York spun around and told him to fuck off and then walked me to my car. He waited while I drove off to make sure no one followed me. I don't know. Maybe there's more we could have done. But again, he never did anything. It was just a very unnerving experience. About a month later I was telling my dad about it and he laughed and told me I had picked the worst part of the city and that he thought he had heard about this place being shut down multiple times for either drugs or sex trafficking. Then it would go under new ownership. Note, New York and I are still in contact, as friends. The distance was too big of an obstacle and I'm not sure there was much there other than physical attraction. But he is a great person and will check in on me every now and again to make sure I'm good. I don't meet strangers off the internet anymore I'm in a happy relationship. This won't be as exciting as some stories. I'm posting mainly as a tip to look out for this tactic. And as a tribute to my Lula dog. It was about 2007 and I was struggling at the time. I'd taken a sublet to get us housing. 
and it was in an area filled with bars and college students, so a lot of drunken fights and street harassment. I came home a little late one night and needed to take Lula out. She had one of those leashes that extends, so on our way around the block, I'd usually let her stroll down this alley behind our building that she liked to investigate. As she's down the alley, I'm leaning against the building, smoking under a street light, not really paying attention, when these two guys come up. One stood straight in front of me, locked eyes, and wouldn't stop talking. It's like I was momentarily hypnotized. He kept asking if I wanted to party and where I lived. Then I realized that his buddy had slowly moved to my left, to the edge of my peripheral vision, and he could easily push me off balance into the alley. Every time I tried to look at peripheral guy, the smooth talker would move his head to keep my eyes locked on his. He was the distraction for the guy just out of my line of sight. I remember thinking that was pretty clever before it occurred to me that I was screwed, and that's when Lula trotted over. Now, Lula loved everyone. I'd joke that she'd be useless in a home invasion because she'd be most excited about making new friends. She was a shepherd hound pit mix I'd rescued as a puppy after she was found dumped on the side of a highway at about 6-8 weeks old, probably the runt. And now, at 5 years old, she was maybe 60 pounds. Big enough to be a problem if she wanted, but the problem was usually that she wouldn't get off your lap. This dog immediately put herself between me and these guys, pissed on my feet, and started foaming at the mouth while snarling and lunging at them. They jumped back while I just looked at her, shocked. They asked if she was mean, and I lied that, yeah, I'd just rescued her from an abusive home and she really hated men, when, in reality, she preferred them. They slowly walked away and Lula kept moving to put herself between me and them until they were around the corner. And then she just looked at me like, that was fun Lula dog was with me for 10 more years after that. She passed peacefully in July 2017, at home, in her own bed, being told she was a good dog. To all creeps on the street, let's not meet. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I had been sent to Korea from my university a few years ago. They told me for my major I had to go somewhere in Asia, and my friend had really talked up Korea for me. I knew nothing about it but I decided what the hell, and I embarked on a semester long trip. I had only had one serious boyfriend in my life, who I had broken up with a few months prior. I also don't enjoy one night stands, and wasn't digging the dudes at the clubs in Seoul, but I still wanted to have some sort of romantic experience I suppose. So my friend recommended I use this dating app to meet English speaking Koreans. That way I could meet someone and experience the actual dating culture. I thought I'm young, so why not? I was just so eager to have new experiences. Maybe it sounds dumb to try dating in a foreign country but it worked out for me eventually. Just, not the first date. I met him on a dating app after being in Seoul about 3 weeks. Let's call him Tim. I still didn't know the culture or city very well and was a bit naive about everything. He eagerly wanted to meet for a date after talking to me, and he seemed nice. I should have asked more questions, 
and I should have noticed that he was not giving me many details about himself. Tim was a guy a bit older than me, but claimed he was a college student. I assumed he had done his military time. All men in Korea have to and return to school. We talked for a bit and decided to meet for a tea date near the school I went to. He wanted to come to my dorm originally to pick me up, but I live in an all-women's dorm and I didn't want him to know exactly where I live since we were still strangers. So instead I insisted we meet at the main town center near the subway. He really didn't like this idea, which looking back was a red flag. But eventually I insisted. The night of the date, I waited an hour for this guy. He was very late. Tim weirdly claimed he just wanted to make me wait. I thought he was kidding and messaged him a laughing emoji, assuming he was just lost. When he finally arrived he was much smaller than I thought, but a man's height has never been something I care about much. He was also quite thin. Maybe I'll let my guard down because I didn't see him as physically threatening to me, which was a mistake in the end. Right off the bat, he was way too touchy with me, and breathed creepy and heavy. I was so off put with his demeanor. I'm usually very tolerant with different personality types, but this was very odd to me. I had been told that Korean men would be polite and not so touchy on the first date. He was also dressed oddly like in business attire for a date, but I thought that maybe it's just a Korean thing. Again, I was dumb and knew jack shit about the culture. Then, the first thing he said to me was, you're not as white as I thought you were. I thought this was a translation error, but his English was near perfect. So I asked for clarification, and he said what he meant. I thought you would be more white. Your skin is darker than I thought, and your eyes aren't as green. Are you pure European now? I was officially weirded out. First of all, I'm pretty much as white as you can get. I'm Irish and Scandinavian so white as hell basically. So the fact he thought I could have possibly been any whiter was funny. And why did he care in the first place anyway? Why does my skin color matter to this guy? And why is he bringing it up? He said about three times on the date how he wished I had greener eyes. And every time I would just reply, well maybe my online photos make me look brighter. And brushed it off as him being nervous and trying to start a conversation. Isn't it funny the dumb excuses you make for people when you're panicked? When we arrived at the tea place, I tried to order a basic raspberry tea. And he stopped me and told me I had to have this special tea. I thought it was weird he wanted to chose my tea for me but in my head I brushed it off once again. He really insisted I drink only this tea type and I just agreed. These small details become weirder later. After tea he asked if we could look around my school. It was dark but the school is very well lit so I agreed. And the whole time we walked around he would randomly stop and grab me for long hugs. At first I let it happen. But then I stopped him. And he just kept trying. He kept grabbing me and breathing hard into my neck. It was so awkward. He also would not tell me any personal details about himself. I asked so many questions, desperately trying to distract from all the awkward grabbing, and to try and get to know him. But he would never tell me anything. He even said at one point, I'm a mysterious man, like a movie line. He also said something like, you look so much like my favorite movie character, and I asked who. But he said that I would have to figure it out on my own. Finally he said, I want to go to a dark area. And in my head I screamed hell no. At this point I wanted the date over fast. He somehow knew there was a wooded area behind my campus and he said we should go there. I said no. And that I wanted to stay near the main campus in town. But he kept pushing. Finally he grabbed my arm and started dragging me there. 
He said, I can't let anyone see, and I started to panic. I finally ripped my arm away and just demanded we leave and go back to the main road immediately. Looking back I don't know why I didn't ask for help or get angry. Maybe I was scared. But I just began to book it back to the main road and he followed. We ended up in front of a hospital near the center of town and I told him it was time for him to go. I made some excuse and he was pleading with me to stay. I told him we could meet the next day. I lied and I would message him. I just wanted to get away at this point. I was pretending it was all okay just so he would leave. Suddenly, I think he's leaning in to kiss me, and I immediately think oh god no, but it was so much worse. Instead I feel pain in my face. It takes me a second to realize he was biting my face. It was like a dog. I had never felt the sensation before. He leaned his head sideways and bit me on my nose and cheek, as hard as he could. I screamed and pushed him away from me. His face looked so freaky and I barely had time to react in words. Instead I ran up the sidewalk until I saw the convenience store on the right. I ran to the back of the store and bent down to start crying. The man who owned the store started to yell at me, but I couldn't explain my situation. I just begged him in English to let me stay. I ended up having to buy a popsicle to stick around. God, I wish I had learned some Korean by then. I guessed him didn't follow me. I peered outside the store and didn't see him. I texted a friend and waited for them to get me to take me back to my dorm. On the way I messaged him and basically told him to stay away from me. I told him he was a creep, that he shouldn't bite women, and something along the lines of me calling the police. And then I blocked him. I was so scared to walk around my school area after that. I was so afraid he would find me somehow. I am so thankful I never let him pick me up at my dorm. I called my mom to tell her what happened when suddenly she said, wait. What did he ask you? She then put some details together and realized that all of these weird things had to do with the 50 shades of gray books. At first I thought she was just being silly and overthinking a bad date. I thought she was joking, but oh god she was right. She had recently seen the movie or read the book of something and knew the details. The eye color and way he dressed and the tea he made me drink and the random lines he said. It all matches the books and movies for his dirty little fantasy. My mom thinks he picked me because I look like the girl in that movie to him. It explains why he was so fixated on my appearance, and his whole thing with the biting and trying to dominate me, even if it wasn't his intention. I later learned that there are some few creeps who seek out foreign girls to dominate and have sex with as like a prize. They call it, riding the white horse or something along those lines. On a happier note, this bad experience didn't stop me. I eventually met someone else in Korea and we ended up falling in love. We even did the whole long distance thing. And now I'm living in Korea studying and working. Hoping to marry soon. So I guess I didn't let bad creepy guys stop my life. As for Tim, let's not meet. It's been years but I will still kick your ass if I see you. And I won't have to bite. My almost kidnapped brother leads me to the most important person in my life. When I was younger it was just me, my mom, and my younger brother up until I was 14 years old. Every day except the weekends my mom would drive like 30 minutes away taking care of this family with 4 kids from 10 in the morning until 4 in the afternoon. And then at 5 she would sometimes do a night shift at a diner a little further away. My brother and I were homeschooled and had tutors come in 3 days a week for 4 hours every time so we were mostly home alone unsupervised. Our closest neighbors were like half a mile away and no cars really ever passed us. 
The most I ever counted in a day was five. We lived in a really old shitty and small house and we had three dogs at this time. Two German Shepherds and a Belgian Malinois. Kind of the same thing as a German Shepherd. Protective working dog. Our yard was not gated. And most days were spent outside in the porch doing homework or reading while watching the dogs were playing ball. After 5 every day we were under strict instructions from my mom to take the dogs in and shut the blinds and everything. But sometimes if I was bored or if the dogs were energetic I would let them out and play with them since our house was extremely small and these were some pretty huge dogs. One day that I knew my mom was working the night shift my brother and I decided to play with the dogs. So he ran outside to grab the fetch toys. My brother was taking a super long time getting the toys and the dogs were inside with me going crazy barking. So I stopped doing dishes and pulled down the blinds and look outside. And he's standing there talking to this man who seems urgently trying to rush him into his car. Right away, I start screeching at the top of my lungs and run out my house. The dogs also ran out. Totoro, my smallest dog, 60 pounds if I remember correctly, jumped on him and he fell down and stayed on top of him barking. The two other dogs are barking like crazy too. And I tell my brother to run back inside. And I pulled Totoro's tail and grabbed the scruff of his neck and I made him go run back into the house with the other dogs. I pushed our dining table to barricade the door and spent the next 15 minutes really scared and holding a kitchen knife along with the dogs who were still barking like mad. I stayed on the couch peeking through the blinds and he looked super mad and just kept looking at our house and swearing. I was so scared he was going to come in and do something to us. He drove away pretty quickly. And I think my mom got home about only about 30 minutes later, but it felt so long. My brother and I told her what happened, and he told her that he stopped and asked for directions and then started asking him if he was alone, and if he wanted to go into his car and see his puppy, and he started leading my brother away to his car. We drove to my neighbor's house and called the cops, which drove in from the closest town out and they questioned us. I was 10 years old and if I remember correctly the only description I made was that the car was red and looked old and he was tall and white. The rest of the time we lived there we would see a police car drive down the street a few times a week, and the officer that took my statement became very close with us. We had dinner together a lot, and he would drive to our house and spend time with us if he was on patrol. We spent Christmas and Thanksgiving with his family until I moved to California a few years ago. We are still very close and I see him as a dad even though we are 5 states apart. So guy who tried to kidnap my brother, thanks for introducing me to the most loving and important person to me. I can't imagine the person I would be without him. I was 14 years old and embracing rebellion against my parents, administrators, and anyone else who tried to stand in my way. A year earlier I was arrested at school for possession of marijuana and I was forced to attend court-ordered NA along with other rehab counseling. My mother had dropped me off in a sketchy area of town for my weekly meeting that lasted from 8 to 10 p.m. It was summertime, so the sun had set before I got out. The NA meeting was hosted in a halfway house, on a block that had been pretty much occupied by nothing but other halfway houses. My mother was unaware of this at the time. The guys in my NA group were amazing. They had been through hell and came out on the other side. They listened to me, understood me, gave me advice that I would cherish for years to come, and eventually protected me from grave danger. The house my NA meeting was located in happened to be on a one-way street, with no street parking. However there was a gas station around the corner that had ample parking, 
so my mom told me to walk about two and a half blocks to the gas station after the meeting for her to pick me up. After my group one night, I made my way up the street, heading for the gas station which was directly behind the houses I was passing. I got to the last house on the block, right before I planned to turn left to go one block west to my pickup. That's when I saw them. There was a group of men on the porch, maybe five or six and one with a mirror on his lap. They immediately called out to me, asking my name, what I was doing, etc. I ignored them and sped up my pace, but before I could get past, they were walking towards me. One of them asked for the time, and I immediately knew I had to run. I sprinted back down the street from where I'd came, and they proceeded to chase after me. I knew I couldn't outrun them, so I dipped into a driveway, dove under a park truck, and hid, knowing my life was on the line. They followed me within inches of where I hid. I could hear them saying, where the fuck did she go? Find her. I trembled, lying on my belly underneath a truck, waiting for someone to drag me out by my ankles. They searched the yard. I could hear them pushing through the bushes to find me. After several minutes, which felt like eternity, they decided that I must have gotten away and returned to their halfway house. I slid out from under the truck and climbed a fence that separated the property I was on from the house my meeting was in. I ran back into my meeting house where they were still all gathered and told them what happened. I wish I still could remember their names, but I will never forget the way they comforted me and the protective nature they displayed. As soon as I told them what happened, several of them stood up and took action. I don't know what they did, but I was chaperoned by the few guys that stayed behind. Back to the gas station where my mother was waiting anxiously. We told her the scenario and she took me to the police station to make a report. We never heard if any legal action was taken, but I have no doubt that my NA boys unleashed a furious vengeance on those fuckers. I wish I could have spent more time with them. Edit. I guess I should have elaborated on this a bit more, but the reason I mentioned that one man had a mirror on his lap was because they were snorting cocaine, and clearly coked out their minds. Thank you for listening to Reddit Readings Episode 6. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.